0: Starting in March 2020, U.S. embassies around the world shut down, separating binational couples with no end in sight. As the Trump administration pushed to reopen America at home, the pleas of U.S. citizens to be reunited with our fiancés abroad fell on deaf ears at the State Department, while the doors of embassies opened for other visa categories. On September 17, 2020, 300 U.S. citizens and their foreign fiancés filed a lawsuit to fight for our right to marry. Welcome to Lawsuit for Love Pod. These are our stories.
1: Welcome to episode three. Today, we're joined with two of our co plaintiffs who are both dealing with the Department of State and their travel ban with the EU and how that's affecting them with trying to reunite with their fiancés. Um, Allison, Melissa, welcome.
2: Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here.
1: Happy to have you guys. Let's start with you, Allison. Where are you and your fiance from, and how did you guys meet?
3: Sure. Um, I am from New Hampshire, but when I was studying abroad in Spain in 2015, I met him, and he's Spanish, and a few months later got a job in Germany. So he's been living in Germany since then.
1: Okay. Uh, What about you, Melissa?
2: Yeah, thank you. Um, I live in Portland, Oregon. And um, it's become kind of a tradition of mine that every December I go to Italy. I've done that for many years now. And in 2018, when I was there in Italy, I met my fiance in the pizzeria where he worked. When I was um, at the pizzeria, it was just the two of us. And we had this amazing conversation that really like affected both of us. And four days later, uh, he saw me walking by and he chased me down and asked me for a coffee. And we went to coffee and exchanged phone numbers. And that's how it all started.
1: Oh, sounds like a very uh, eat, pray, love situation.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It really was. And I I forgot to mention that um, he's originally from Pakistan and he immigrated to Italy eight years ago.
1: Why did you guys decide to go through the K one process instead of um, going through uh, and trying to apply for a different visa to be together?
3: Um, great question. We um we had a we have a lawyer who recommended that we do the K process because it's sort of only it's almost like the most correct way of doing it, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like way I guess to do it um and it was also faster um theoretically so um, so we were like okay that's great like we're gonna apply in like October of 2019 and then by the time you know next fall comes around so you know around now he'll be able to be here and everything will work out and um isn't that just perfect and that obviously backfired so um yeah that was why we chose the case visa process
1: gotcha right and melissa what about you guys
2: well we um actually did a ton of research about getting married first um our first thing we looked into was getting married in italy you know where we met where he lives where i went to see him often um but uh, as two non Italians, it was just an overwhelming process. You think the K 1 process is bad? Oh my gosh, for two non Italian <laughs> citizens to get married in Italy was almost impossible. Um, and the other option would have been Pakistan. Um, but, you know, he left Pakistan for a reason. And um, to get married in Pakistan would have been a real headache for his family. His family and I are close and we video chat and we bonded. But for the extended family, uh, we would have been expected to have this giant wedding of 400 people, uh, 380 of which didn't approve. So not something we wanted to do. So um, the other issue is that all of our documents are in English. My, I'm American. Pakistan is dual language. We're in English. So uh, we would have had to translate everything into Italian to to get married in Italy. Um, and it just made so much... Uh, not just made sense, it was really our only viable option to go through the K-1 and get married in um, America because everything else was prohibitively expensive and time-consuming and just a headache of a process, even more so than the K-1 process. Um, so that's... Right. Quite, yeah.
1: Right. So you guys thought, okay, well, um, getting married outside the country was going to be a little, well, not a little, a lot more cumbersome yes. and difficult. And in yeah. America, it's very easy. I mean, we have Vegas, you know, for a reason, get the K-1 visa and then, you know, the barriers to getting the marriage certificate uh, would be less cumbersome and the process seemed very straightforward, right? Yeah. And, and the other
2: thing is, uh, you know, as been mentioned before k1 is supposed to be the fastest And right. <laughs> you know i love to quote when harry met sally you know when you found the person you want to spend the rest of your life with you want to start right away you know you want the rest of your life to start right now
1: exactly exactly so uh, speaking of, of time frame um allison how long did you expect like based on your research and what you were um looking at and then once you finally decided to apply for the k-1 how long were you expecting the whole k-1 process just to, to take from start to finish
3: yeah great question our lawyer plus it took around nine months like um unless you know there was some sort of big problem with our specific case um so we were we started in October of last year so that he would be here around September of this year or just slightly before so that I could time it with, you know, my lease ending and my uh, master's program ending and all this stuff. So that was kind of our thought process. So September was a fun month knowing that that was our original plan and it just kind of didn't happen. But yeah, so nine months from there Gotcha, right. It didn't work out, so. Gotcha. We were supposed to have our interview. We got the last approval just on, like, March 13th or something. And then, so obviously our interview was going to be in April or May or something like that. And that would have lined up really well.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah, if you got your approval in in May, then you would have had an interview, I mean, I would say within... 30 to 60 days after that. And then, yeah, September would have been li- would have lined up perfectly.
2: Exactly.
1: Um, yeah. What, Melissa, what about you? What were your guys' expectations as far as time frame?
2: Yeah, you know, we did a lot of research. And it, it felt like our case was pretty easy to adjudicate because neither of us have ever been married. We don't have any children. There's, you know, none of those things that take extra time. And it was on track. We submitted in November, and we got our NOAA two in March, and everything was going swimmingly. But of course, we got our NOAA two March eleventh, and the proclamation went in March fourteenth. Um. Mm-hmm. So we we had planned on a summer wedding. You know, we were thinking June, July, um, which has come and gone, and so then we were planning on a year from when we got engaged. So September and that has come and gone. Yeah, it's been really hard. Yeah, I think a a lot of um, what
1: makes this entire process or experience that we've all collectively gone through um, is the constant disappointment and the constant mm-hmm. uh, not meeting of expectations. Um, well,
3: for me, what, what I like to say to a lot of people when they ask me or like even to my fiance is like, I have been totally okay if and said, it's going to be another two or three months, right? That would have been fair. We weren't expecting a pandemic. I don't expect people to put their lives on the line like right, right. at the beginning of the pandemic when nobody but the problem that I have is there's no information. There's no end in sight. There's no like, okay, get to December 31st and then we'll process you. So you can kind of, you know, budget your mental capacity and emotional capacity for that date. No, no, mm-hmm. no, no. They're just like, someday, yeah. maybe.
1: Right, right. That
3: and that, that's what I think is like the most emotionally taxing because that's a few months of a delay. We've been together for five years. I wouldn't have made that big of a difference. Like we were, really we right. would have been used to it, right? But, and we could have handled that if there's an end in sight, but there's no end in sight.
2: Yeah, no, that is probably the hardest part of this, you know, because with modern technology, we get to video chat, you know, we've got this really strong relationship, but not being able to plan for our future and and some of the like, Fear that comes along with that. For example, in our case, um, his lease expired, and we were able to get a little bit of an extension. But his landlord needs that apartment back, and she, now she's telling us the end of October. So we're facing like, where's he going to live? Is my fiance going to be couch surfing? And you know, that's that's heart wrenching to see the person that you love, you know, homeless. Um, And so not being able to plan has put us in these horrible situations and uh, that's just not fair.
1: Right, right, exactly.
2: And you're right. I mean, that
1: whole open-ended date um, of not being able to plan for anything, um, and it affects your current situation. Like you don't know what you can do and what you should be doing because you don't know when you know your fiance is going to get the visa and you guys can be together. So you know, I th- it's it's uh it's very difficult, and and people, are, everyone, I think you know, in the country, in the world, has been going through this whole. You know, when is this whole pandemic thing is going to end? When is normal life going to resume? When can I, you know, have another graduation in person? You know, there's different things that people are missing out on. Um, But to have all of those worries and on top of that, not knowing when you're going to see your fiance again or when you guys can start your life together um, and complete this process that was supposed to be over months ago, um, that just adds on to it. And I I would probably, I commend (laughs) all of the plaintiffs and everyone in our situation, because I think it takes a lot of um, emotional and mental strength to get through not just the pandemic, but then also having half of your heart Somewhere else in another country where you can't do anything about it. I don't know about you guys, but I mean, similar to you and your, with your fiance, um, Melissa and, you know, his current housing situation, that was my biggest fear, um, was that something was going to happen in China that I couldn't help him with. Not being able to do something and to help or to be there for the person that you love, and the only reason that you're not able to is not because of some virus, but because your government has decided that you essentially don't matter and they're not concerned. Is um, to have that on top of everything else is uh, is quite um, a heavy burden um, to have to wake up to and a reality to wake up to every day. So, I commend um everyone who survived this process thus far um it definitely makes our relationships a lot stronger i think
2: absolutely and it's just the the hardest part is we have dedicated ourselves to this person to take care of this person in sickness and in health and our government is keeping us from doing that and it's you know it's just uh It just seems like such an injustice to see students coming over to travel and bringing their families, but my Mm -hmm. fiancé can't come marry me, and he's suffering, um, and I can't do anything about it.
1: Right. Exactly. Feeling powerless. Right. Um, I guess let's talk about, um, Allison, how has the unreasonable delay that you've experienced, you and your fiancé experienced, how has that affected you guys?
3: Great question. I think um, kind of what we've been saying this whole time that we just can't plan anything, right? We can't make any progress on anything we wanted to do. We don't, theoretically, like we don't know if, if he's going to be here for uh, like a big wedding that we planned for next summer. We, we don't know. Like he might, right. if it kept up this way, he very well might not be. Uh, we've You know, we thought about, like, should we abandon the K-1, go get married? Because I can get into Germany right now. There's an exception for unmarried couples in Germany, but it's so expensive uh, to get there right now um, that it's a little cost prohibitive. But uh, essentially, we haven't seen each other since, like, January 9th or 10th, Um, and just kind of there's no sense of, is Europe going to let me in? is america ever gonna let him in where else could we go so we're just kind of stuck here hoping it doesn't get to a full year that we haven't seen each other um in the end so
1: right 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 it's ridiculous um and melissa how how has this affected you and your fiance this delay this blockade that you're experiencing
2: yeah it's just been the the frustration of not being able to take care of each other. We both live alone, far from family. And when our families found out about us, you know, we were... When we told them we had found each other, we were expecting some pushback because there's significant differences in like... Uh, cultural background, religious background, even age, I'm older than he is. And we expected pushback and it was the opposite. Our families, both of our families trusted us that we knew that we had found the right person. And they were so happy that we weren't going to be alone anymore because our families were hurting that we were living alone without them. And they were so happy we found each other to take care of each other. So that's been the hardest thing is going through this you know, knowing I finally have somebody to take care of and to take care of me, but we are hindered in doing so. Um, and then, you know, he's experienced all of these hardships with, um, his housing, the pizzeria where, where we met never reopened after the lockdowns in Italy. So he's unemployed, uh, which means it's hard to secure new housing without employment. Um, um, so that's been the biggest thing. And then we also both have health conditions that are exacerbated by stress. So I have compression fractures, six of them in my spine. And when I am stressed out, those muscles just tense up around those conspres- compression fractures and it's excruciating. And, um, you know, he's got similar issues with a, a hip injury from a car accident. And to see each other suffer physically and not help each other has been really hard.
1: Right. Wow. That's that's horrible. Absolutely horrible. Um, I guess specific with you guys, how does it feel um, having your fiancé that should be interviewing in one of the EU countries um, where the COVID cases are like, a million times lower than the current cases in America. Um, And still, the only reason that the embassies are giving you guys that they're not processing and won't give you an interview is because of this travel ban due to the fear of COVID spreading when your fiancés are in countries where COVID is basically, I mean, it's not eradicated, but it's, it's a million times lower than the American cases. How does that play into everything how does that make you feel
3: it's more frustrating to see that they're processing people who like aren't looking to be reunited with their family like I have nothing against them processing the the spouses that makes total sense and I'm so glad and students understand they want to come over but I don't really understand how athletes have more of a right to be here than my fiance, or for example, an au pair. You're telling me there's not a single American who would want to be a Danny or an au pair, um, right? Who's, you know let go during COVID? Seriously? Right? So
1: right.
3: I, I made this joke to my friends once. It's like they like they're they're telling all these people that they're that they can come over. They're more important. They they wouldn't be replaceable to the economy. But like my fiance will be replaceable. I can just, like, what is that? I don't, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So I just, I wish they were being more consistent. If they weren't letting in anyone except for spouses, I'd be like, all right, well, if that's the deal, that's the deal. But they're not. They're not being consistent. Um, they, They're kind of all over the place. And that's the worst part, I think.
2: I I agree completely. Like, I, I do think it's, I have a huge respect for education. Um, And so I do think that it's wonderful students are able to come, but it it just really is a kick in the gut to see them able to come and bring their their spouses and their children, and I can't have my intended spouse come here. Um, That is, you know, I'm not saying they shouldn't have that, but it it's the double standard, you know. Um, That's just disgusting, frankly.
1: Right. Agreed if the State Department had not delayed you and your fiancé, Allison, what would you two be doing now? What would you imagine your life being right now?
3: Yeah, great question. So I I own a house. We would probably be able to do more of the projects around here because I also, you know, work um, as you have to when you're bringing your fiancé over. Right. Um, but... But I, you know, I work, but so that means there's a certain percentage of the day that I can't, you know, be working on stuff I need to get done in my house. I imagine he'd be, he's really handy. He's an, he's a mechanic. He'd be really into that kind of thing, fixing stuff. Um, our cats would probably be fighting with each other. Um, good stuff, you know, regular, normal people stuff while we, uh, wait for his green card to be here all sorts of good stuff. So, you know, nothing over the top.
1: (laughs) Just Um, having normal everyday family life, right?
3: Right. Yeah. My aunt, um, is actually a judge in Massachusetts. So she's planning to perform our little civil wedding, um, at some point whenever that happens, but I can't give anyone a definitive idea of a date, um, ever. So.
1: and melissa what about you if it's uh what is it september no october 1st what would you and your fiance be doing um today had everything gone according to plan if you were not unreasonably delayed
2: yeah i think it's just living your life together you know we we are both alone and that has been you know impacted or you know enhanced by the the pandemic so we're more alone than ever before um and we would just be living our lives together i i dream about like eating meals together (laughs) i dream about you know brushing our teeth side by side you know silly stuff like that um And I live in the Pacific Northwest. I grew up in the desert of Arizona. So I am so in love with the Pacific Northwest. And um, he grew up in Pakistan, which is very different than the Pacific Northwest. And so we would just be exploring. Every chance we got, we would hop in the car and go for long trips. It's an hour and a half to the coast or an hour and a half to Mount Hood. it would be um, just living your life with somebody, experiencing life with somebody.
1: Right, right. That's beautiful. Um, What is something, Allison, that you want people to know or understand about this K-1 process?
3: That's a great question. Um, First of all, I think, unfortunately, when I describe the process to people, I usually have to give them the context of that television show that everyone knows. Good God. Um, uh, because it's, you know, the best way that they'll understand what's going on. I personally want everyone to know um, it's not, the couples aren't usually like that. Um, they're usually, okay. you know, they really know each other. You have to prove you know each other. Um, and I think that another thing is that people need to understand that we were trying to do it the right way. Um, We are trying to do it the right way. If we weren't, we would have done something else and we wouldn't be stuck in this situation. So unfortunately, these prohibitions that people are putting on us right now are just affecting the people who are trying to do it right in the first place. Um, If we were trying to do it wrong, I don't know. This problem would have been solved back last October when we weren't going to, like if we hadn't applied for the visa, um, would have saved ourselves a bunch of money. Uh, a bunch of time, a bunch of headache and heartache now, but we were trying to do it the right way. So people, you know, making comments about the the visas and, oh, well, do you just have to wait. Well, we we have, we and we, we gave them plenty of time. We didn't start suing them back in April in the middle of the pandemic. We gave them enough time and a fair amount of time to figure it out uh, so that nobody had to, you know, rush, figure, you know, we weren't trying to scare anyone in the middle of the pandemic. Um, I I just think those are the, I think those are the three things I'd want people to know for sure.
1: Definitely. Definitely. And what about you, Melissa? What's something that you would want people to know or understand about this K-1 process?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, one thing is that people should recognize that it's for a lot of us. I know your story, Courtney, and our story. This was our, best option. It was maybe even our only option for getting married. You know, it's not like we uh, are still trying to decide. That's the thing about the show that makes me so upset is they talk about, you've got 90 days to decide if you want to get married. No, you don't go through this process to decide if you want to get married. No, this is you have chosen your person that you're going to spend your life with, and you're, you know, going through this insane process to prove it and be allowed to do it, and um, that's what I want people to understand. Is, um, you know, it's it's insane that I could go find any person on the street and run to Vegas and be married tomorrow, but it's been now almost a year long process to get my fiance here and marry him. Um, and it will be over your process by the time it's done
1: right
2: for us it'll be here in just
3: about two weeks that we'd started this so exactly right Mm -hmm. they're never going to question you if you just ran to vegas they'd be like oh yeah sure yeah Yeah. you don't know each other sure you know that classic friends episode where they get married and they don't even know they're married um yeah (laughs) that's uh not what we're trying to do it's so infuriating
1: you no, know. you guys are are, are are make very good points. Um, this isn't something that is something about the show that I find to just be asinine. That I'm, I'm part of me wonders like, is this really the case, or are they just making it seem like that? Because I can't imagine anyone going through this process. And and first of all, waiting the full ninety days before you get before they get married. Like, why would you wait until a week before or three days before your ninety days was up to actually get married? That made no sense to me on the show. And second, mm-hmm. no one was was coming here to decide if they were going to get married. Like, it's a you. First of all, you swear and attest that you will get married in ninety days when you get your visa.
3: Another funny thing about that show is that in the title sequence, they're always like, "They have 90 days to marry an American." I'm like, "Hold up, no, they have 90 days to marry that American."
1: Right? That specific, <laughs> that specific one. Yes, exactly. Like,
3: like you can't just like get here and be like, "Oh, just kidding, Allison. I'm gonna go marry like random person number five on the street." Like, no, that's not how that works. Like, it's exactly. Just, yeah. I, every time I watch it. Um, which honestly you just watch it for the shock value and for, um, to watch the people that, you know, are just doing it to get famous. Um, right, right. but sometimes it stresses me out a little too much. I have to stop watching after a while. Uh, you know, with all the,
1: stressful. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I, I I did the same. I stopped watching it around January. Whenever this most recent, I guess I don't even know if they have one on right now, but whichever one was on in January, I stopped at that point because then, like, my process actually started having real drama, and I'm like, I can't handle <laughs> this fake stuff on TV. Like, oh my like, god, and you know, <laughs> I was and, like, I mean, I can't
3: imagine ever like calling the police on your fiance or something. So like, those aren't relevant, obviously, but um. But, like, it's just the process is too close to home where you're like, I just need to not watch this sometimes. (laughs) Right. Right. Hopefully, if they can get through the process, and some of them are definitely, cough, cough, fraudulent, um, then the real people can get through. Eventually, if the State Department will let us.
1: Right, right. Well, many thanks to both of you for coming on to the Lawsuit for Love podcast. It has been great to be able to hear your stories. And I am happy that we all found each other to go through this battle for love. Until next time.
0: Thanks for listening. We hope we've given you a window into what the immigration process has been like for some of us. And for those of you going through it, we hope you feel just a little less alone. In future episodes, we'll be sharing more of our stories and updates on our case. To follow along, you can find us at anchor.fm slash k1-visa or wherever you get your podcasts.